Welcome to Real Estate in the 608, Madison's Real Estate Magazine for your ears. My name is Ben Anton. And my name's Adam Elliott. Come on, baby, won't you hold me tighter than your fist curled up in a schoolyard fight? I'll All right, welcome, Ben. This is round one of Real Estate in the 608, our first time out. It's the inaugural podcast. The inaugural version. First, some of the, the why. Yeah, we, the, the, why, sit, why sit and do this? Why, why listen to us sit and do this? Um, I thought there was a, a hole in the market, if you will, for just a good, honest, uh, local real estate podcast that applied to, to regular folk, people with one house or two houses or a landlord with one or two properties, or maybe even just someone who likes to live in a house. Mm-hmm. And I think that's part of the point of it is like, this is local. You know, the Madison real estate market is unique to the area. Very much so. In listening to uh, some broader marketed national uh, real estate podcasts, there was not anything for me. There was not information that applied to, to my situation or likely anyone I knew here in Madison. Mm-hmm. Hence the creation of this here. And this is intended for what anybody who's a homeowner, anybody that's interested in becoming a homeowner? Certainly. Um, there's going to there's gonna be uh, information that I think would be helpful and interesting to someone even who just lives in a house. Uh, if you own that house, rent that house, uh, we're going to hope to offer you... Uh, information and opinion that's going to make you better at doing that. Mm -hmm. And we're going to try and bring in experts of a local nature who will help you because that expertise is important. Sure. As a landlord and a real estate broker, I I, uh, cross paths with a lot of tradespeople and uh, they make what I do fun. Um, They are also smarter than I am at what they do. And uh, this is an opportunity for me to surround myself with them and in doing so, surround you with them as well. We'll be talking to plumbers, electricians, people who put in carpeting, people who are going to have opinions different than mine sometimes, uh, but just have skill sets that are far, in some cases, superior and in many cases, uh, divergent from mine. All right. So today in the 608, um, we're going to be talking about why we're having this podcast here. We've got a special guest coming in, Jeff Pulley from Pulley Plumbing. We're going to be talking about some of the headlines in local news, uh, including a local heavy hitter that has impacted the yeah. real estate market big, significantly. Big employer. Yeah. He, he, perhaps, perhaps Dane County's largest employer. Mm-hmm. And we, how has that affected the Madison real estate? We'll talk about that. We will. In just a little bit. We'll also have some tips and tricks for you uh, to learn along the way. But first, Ben, let's introduce ourselves. You are Ben Anton. I'm Ben Anton, a local real estate broker and uh, and small time, small medium sized landlord. Mm-hmm. And tell me, what makes you an expert in the Madison real estate market? Oh, that's tough because here I have the, we do have an ask the expert option, mm-hmm. but I, I most often refer to my guests as experts. I am just someone who does a lot of real estate. I I, I live it. I I sell it. I help people buy it, and I own a good amount of it. But I, st- I don't refer to myself, though, as an expert. Mm-hmm. I am always learning, and that's really the goal here, is to, is to help the listeners um, learn along with me, mm-hmm. uh, or learn from me, depending on uh, how, that, how that particular episode might go. I like the way you phrase that, because, like, yes, I agree. Um, I don't believe that I'm necessarily an expert, and even that label sometimes is a little you know, odd to me to hear. I think it's like the experiences that you've had in doing the work that you've done gets you very familiar with what we're going to talk about, and we're talking about real estate today. Right, and we, we'll talk about surrounding ourselves with, with people smarter than we are, and, and when... And uh, when you needed to sell your house, mm-hmm. you called me. This is true. Yeah, because I know Ben is the guy who knows these things that I have no idea about. <laughs> and when I needed to uh, produce a podcast that was orally pleasing, <laughs> I called you. <laughs> yes. yes. Okay. And my name is Adam Elliott, former radio uh, personality in the Madison area and currently a website developer guy. Just as I backpedaled when you called me expert, you are a content strategist with the University of Wisconsin. That is correct, yeah. Division of Information Technology. The IT department. So I help people build better websites, And you are also an educator. That is correct. I'm also a teacher at uh, Madison College where I teach a course on uh, social media and web design strategies. With a new section 
Division on Podcast Development. <laughs> I think somebody else at, at Madison College actually already has that title. But... Well, n- watch out. Yeah. <laughs> we'll take them to school. <laughs> You're listening to Real Estate in the 608, Madison's real estate magazine for your ears. You can find us at In the 608 on Facebook. Or Real Estate in the 608 on Instagram. Wow, we've gone so far in such a short time. (laughs) Uh, Let's take a look at the headlines, Ben. Uh, What's going on in local Madison news? Uh, In the local Madison news, it's a slow... Slow week over the holidays. Not a whole lot of uh, uh, a whole lot going on, but a few things of note happened in the late later part of 2018, uh, and in the news as we enter January. Um, Brothers Three, we talked yeah, about the, this the bar on uh, Fair Oaks, right? Fair Oaks Avenue yeah. at, at Highway 30 had been for sale uh, the year previous, and uh, in November mm-hmm. took was taken over by a new a new group. Um, and uh, just to kind of what we talked about sharing, you know, what does that go for? Well, four hundred four hundred and seventy five thousand dollars for a uh, a real for a estate. bar. Yeah, for the for four seventy five. Okay, so Brothers Three. I'm going to be nice and say that's kind of a dive bar. Oh, it's, that is your local dive establishment if you're talking about dive bars in the Madison area. It's exactly a dive bar, but people think that's charming. For, and did you say four hundred and seventy five thousand dollars? Four hundred seventy five thousand. Almost half a mil. Yeah, for a for, for a dive for, bar, former gas station, for a former gas station <laughs> turned into a dive bar. How does that happen? Uh, the uh, when when you're buying a business, uh, you're going to look at two things. One, the real estate that is included will certainly have a certain value, mm-hmm. but then the the uh, let's see, what do we call it? They call it a good name. I think it's often referred to as like the dive bar. You're, buy, you're buying the business and the good name. Or oh, you're, you're okay. Paying, you're paying a little extra because you're not just buying the real estate. Uh-huh. You are also receiving the uh, the the business. All the things, the um, the, the name recognition, the, name recognition the and, you and know the, the 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 commonness that it's in a neighborhood or something that people might know. Exactly. Okay. All those things. So uh, when when assessing a business. Uh, being sold, you are going to look at their annual revenue and mm-hmm. their annual expenses, and you are going to work work backwards from how much money is it costing me to see that kind of return. Okay, uh, we've watched the the Shark Tank, and those 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 sharks will, uh-huh. will yeah. so quickly determine the value of your business based solely on the on the uh, annual revenue. Okay, and, and uh, is that legit? Is that it's it's a ballpark? It is. Okay. You know. Those guys, the, the sharks, the sharks are wealthy, and they got there somehow. Um, and I'm sure they'll sharp, sharpen their pencil uh-huh. a little bit. But uh, four hundred seventy-five thousand dollars for uh, w- w- one could likely uh, back away from that number and, and get a decent idea as to how much revenue a small uh, former gas station dive bar does. But it's it's clearly a significant four seventy-five is something. Then yeah, yeah, that's a player in the market. Yeah. Um, one of the other things that has an effect. On, uh, I'm not so sure. Uh, well, it does have an effect on real estate values. Is because uh, one of the things that makes Madison a pleasant place to live is that you can drink the water. It's uh-huh. uh, <laughs> usually nice. <laughs> in the in the news this week, uh, some I probably should have looked up the exact contaminant. Well, 15 is seeing some tetrafluoro horrible horrible carbons. But in looking at uh, or in speaking with uh, some friends and experts, again, surrounding ourselves with people smarter than ourselves, I am told that it is not that big of a deal Uh and that I should be as critical of the water utilities fiscal management policies as I should to these uh, barely detectable horrible carbons okay. that were detected in well 15, which does serve a good portion of Madison's near east side. That's near east side. For the most part, this, this news or this uh, potential hazard was due to uh, the U.S. military and well 15's location, or at least proximity to uh, Truax Field. Oh. Uh, so there may have been some okay at the time. Uh, chemicals used or perhaps not dealt with in the way that one would hope they would be dealt with today. Gotcha. Okay, yeah. Um, you, echoes of the Badger Army ammunition plant with some of the well problems that they had out there. Probably a little different from Madison, but seem, seemingly sounding similar. Yeah, so those are two of the things that... Uh, that and then I guess a third, a third from the headlines might be uh, some news about 
uh, Dane County's largest employer, Epic, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and some information as it relates to their interactions with the federal government and uh, and loss of a $650 million uh, contract. Mm-hmm. The reason we'd be talking about this is because I think a lot of people think Epic is the reason why they are driving a lot of folks to the Madison area, which is filling up the market a lot. They certainly are, and with six thousand employees, that's a that's a lot of places to live, mm-hmm. and uh, and there's a good amount of money coming out of that uh, coming out of that company being spent on rent and uh, and put down as uh, down payments for first time buyers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We'll talk a little bit more about that, in fact, because it comes up. As we uh, discussed with uh, Jeff Pulley from Pulley Plumbing, um, his opinions on the market, and we uh, everybody kind of we asked that question of each other, and we'll talk a little bit about more of that later. All right, we'll hear about that in just a little bit. Uh, reminder: You're listening to Real Estate in the Six Hundred Eight, Madison's Real Estate Magazine for your ears. You're listening to Real Estate in the 608, Madison's Real Estate Magazine for your ears. It's time for the Top of the Hour Tip. Top of the Hour Tip is brought to us by Lauer Realty Group at 2229 Atwood Avenue and online at LauerRealtyGroup.com. Lauer Realty Group, powerful results, real people. Today with us is broker associate Andrea Davitt from the Lauer Realty Group. My tip today will be about buyers and buyers that are not necessarily looking to buy today, but maybe thinking they're going to buy in six to 12 months. How do you start looking? What is the process for looking in advance? The first steps to take would be to chat with a lender, maybe two, maybe three lenders even, um, to find out exactly what you can afford and what you'd like to spend. Those two things don't always line up. Sometimes you can pre-approve for considerably more than you choose to spend. Talk to your lender, figure out your budget, and then start to meet with agents. Agents can mean multiple or just one. It all depends on your preferences. If you have a trusted person that you already have, go ahead and meet with them. But maybe try out two or three as well just to make sure you've got the right fit for you and your personality and your needs. Then you can also start attending open houses. Um, Look anywhere from you know, your budget range all the way up to 50,000 more, because maybe you can't afford that $50,000 more house, but you could do their backsplash or choose a light fixture that you like. Um, and then start just going more and more open houses that are in the areas that you like. And then as you get closer to the timeline where you'd like to start writing offers, then you can start scheduling those private showings with your agent. This has been Andrea Davitt, broker associate with Lauer Realty Group. And this has been today's top of the hour tip. Thank you, Andrea, for the top of the hour tip. And next up, we're going to transition to our in-studio guest. Our in-studio guest is Jeff Pulley uh, of Pulley Plumbing, someone that I have to turn to quite often uh, to aid me in all of my real estate pursuits. You have to or you want to? Both. Okay. Thank you, Jeff, for agreeing to come in. Uh, I talked a little bit about how we're going to we're gonna warm up together, so we'll sound better for our listeners and, and give everybody a chance to get to know you. And uh, and get a better feeling about what's going to happen. So we're going to play a little game we call The Way It Used To Be. There used to be, there used to be, there used to be, there used to be. Used to be nothing but smiling faces far as the eye could see. Car in every driveway, swinging every tree. People can't stop talking about the way things used to be. Uh, I'm going to name either a location or a place or a thing that is no longer... And you will uh, show me your, your depth of Madison knowledge by, uh, by telling us a little bit more about it. So let's see how you do. And uh, don't sweat the toughness of this. I failed miserably at my first run at this, so it's expected. Can we pass? <laughs> there, are, there are no wrong answers. But let's start with uh, na- uh, the Park Motor Inn. Name the current iteration of the Park Motor Inn. And not a park? I'm gonna give you half He's point. Getting a head I'm gonna give there. you half yeah. points on it on the park because they just changed the name again to the Premier Park Hotel. They just remodeled. Have oh, you noticed that? that? Yeah, they have been remodeling for a while, I think. Yeah. yeah. I knew that because my dad used to park cars there in the fifties. Ori- and originally right I think behind the, there. the Park Motor Inn was first named that or opened as such in nineteen sixty two when they put what many call the, the VCR box on top of the rounded edged hotel. 
All right, All so here's right. one more. Right. One more. This should be the name, uh, name and or location of Forto, former potato chip manufacturer. <laughs> I'm, I'm wondering if I'm going to have to dial back some of these questions if I'm being too difficult. Yeah, you are. Um, see, the cab, cab drivers, they, as this was part of the idea here, is that cab drivers use old names for places so that people understand how long they've been around and establish credibility and show their, their street knowledge. The Red Dot Potato Chip Factory was located adjacent the current Shop Bop at Dickinson and the oh, Avenue. Oh, sure, yeah. You ever, have you heard of Red Dot Potato Chips? Yes. All right. We're gonna, we're, we'll give you one more question so I can ring the bell. <laughs> OK's Corral. Heard of it? Yep. All right. True or false? This is really more a, a, a question about is this a real band or did I make it up? Atomic Bitchwax. Is that or is that not a band that played at OK's Corral? Yes. Oh, that's right. Congratulations. That's a win right there. Well done. <laughs> Good old OKs. One of the dirtier bars, I think, in town, but a fantastic music venue. And we learned a little bit. And maybe it may, you, you got to keep in mind, you're talking to somebody that don't drink or go to bars. Well, it's because you're busy plumbing. So we... <laughs> 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 and that's what, and that's yeah. really what we what we want to hear about. And uh, but not just not just plumbing, um, because that's something that would probably translate far better over video. But we want to learn about how you relate to real estate. You are not just a plumber; you are a landlord. You are someone who, even if you weren't a landlord, has bought and sold houses uh, all your life. has Has watched people buy and sell houses, and is is tangentially related to hundreds of transactions a year. Would you say that's a safe bet? Yes. All right. You're listening to Real Estate in the 608, Madison's real estate magazine for your ears. Our in-studio guest today is Jeff Pulley of Pulley Plumbing, who we'll be right back with after we take a quick break with the Market Update. From Mark Gladue at Lauer Realty. Today's Market Update is brought to you by Lindsay Lemmer for Madison City Council, District 3. She'll work to make it easier for Madisonians to rent, buy, and stay in their homes. Lindsay Lemmer for Alder. LindsayforAlder.com. Amanda Hall, Treasurer. And here we are with the market update. It's Mark Gladue, broker associate with the Lauer Realty Group. So we're looking at uh, the 2018 overall market and what's going to happen going into 2019. So we'll break this down by the east side of Madison and the west side of Madison because I think, as everyone knows, you'll need a passport to get over to either side that you choose to go to. So why don't we start over here on the east side of Madison. Uh, so 2018 was a really great year. We saw the average days on market decrease from 34 days in 2017 to 27 days in 2018. Uh, now, when you are in pockets of neighborhoods such as Atwood, Eakin Park, Olbrick, Monona, places like that, your days on market might be a little bit less, say 11 days on market, so still a really fast market. There wasn't a huge increase in our listing inventory. Uh, there was a little bit of an increase in actual sales on the east side of Madison. The biggest thing we saw was there was a 9% increase in the average sale price. So we went from 251000 all the way up to 275000 in 2018. If we transfer over to the west side, Ben and I will need our passports to do this, but we'll go over to the west side, and you're looking at almost the exact same numbers. There were fewer listings in 2018 on the west side than there were in 2017, and there were fewer sales but maybe by 10 to 15 homes uh, on average. So the list price over there went up by about 5%, and the sales price did about the same thing. So we're seeing an increase in price, a decrease in days on market uh, on the west side as well. So you can see on the east and west side, the days on market are decreasing. If you're looking to purchase in 2019, or 2000, yeah, 19, then I think you'll be looking at kind of the same thing. I think we'll see the average days on market remain about the same. If we look at 
our company as a whole with Lauer Realty Group, you're selling homes on an average within 12 days, which I think is pretty um, congruent with the whole market itself. And I think we're going to see a lot of competition as well. Interest rates are still low. And because of that, I think we'll still see a lot of potential buyer activity in the market. So selling your home in 2019 will actually be probably pretty profitable for most people. Fantastic. That's Mark Gladue with the Lauer Realty Group in today with the market update. Thank you, Mark. Thanks, Ben. Welcome back to Real Estate in the 608. We're continuing our conversation with Jeff Pulley of Pulley Plumbing. Jeff, uh, thanks again for being here today. Thank you. So let's talk about what you do and how it relates to real estate. Now, you plumb. I plumb. Yes. You plumb all over the place around Madison, right? Yes, Dane County. What's the most common thing that people ask? A water heater. Water heater busted? Yep. Mm -hmm. The water is leaking. All right. And how easy of a fix is that? 50% of the time you can repair it. The other 50, you got to replace it. And how does one know which way or the other way? Sometimes if you can see where it's leaking from, if it's a fitting, you can fix it. Yeah. If, the, it, if it's a tank, you can't. Yeah, the, the fancy new tanks, you can, you just got to... Fancy new ones are more problematic than the old chimney ones because there's a lot more to go wrong with venting, blower... Uh, flame vapor sensors mm-hmm. uh, they plug in so there's uh 30 years ago i might have repaired two in 10 years now i repair a hundred a quarter a hundred a quarter wait explain that to me say that one more time so 30 years ago with the chimney vent and water heaters uh-huh. i might have replaced a thermocouple or relit a pilot light when the wind picked up maybe not very oh, often yeah. maybe a handful of times uh-huh. in 10 years when the power venters came out which they vent through the side of the house right there's a mm-hmm. lot more going on with them and they are a lot more problematic you know if you have cats animals dander do work in the basement uh create silt and soot and stuff they plug up and they're real more vulnerable so i mm-hmm. i repair about Last quarter, I noticed I had like 100 water heater repairs. That's that's a significant number, and I'll and I'll pause just a second. We're talking when we talk about a power vent water heater, we're talking about one that one might consider to be a higher efficiency unit. When I'm showing houses and we're walking into a basement, I'm looking at the water heater. I'm seeing one that I would <coughs> say is atmospherically vented or goes out the chimney. Yes. And I'm telling my buyer that that is a less efficient unit. Is that is that true? No, that's incorrect. Tell me more. They're pretty much about the same. It takes as much energy to heat any water except for the power venter. In theory, if we lived on the equator where the atmosphere and our temperature was 70 degrees constant... So usually, and we don't, we live in Wisconsin, so it's about the same to heat that water, same BTUs, same efficiency, same insulation, except for you have a vent blowing out conditioned air, which could be air-conditioned or heated. So when they do the efficiency rating on them heaters, they don't take into consideration the conditioned air being blown out. And that's something that, that is kind of taking it to the next level. I've, I've had discussions with people about the least efficient appliance in the home is often the clothes dryer because while it dries your clothes, it is also sucking perfectly warm air out of your house and blowing it out into the yard. And that's in the middle of the winter. You're running your clothes dryer right. and God knows how many cubic feet per minute that blower is putting your, your warm air outside. Right. That's, I've never heard anybody say that. I can't <laughs> believe you even thought of that. But yes, that's totally in consideration with the efficiency of that. I'm generally telling people that average life expectancy on a water heater is 10 years. Is that a, Would you say that's a safe estimate? Yep. That's a real safe estimate. And if you have a water softener, you could probably go higher. So we talked a little bit about... Uh, what I share with home buyers or when we're going through a place and I talk about the, the water heater, 
if you were along on a on a home inspection, um, I don't imagine that you get a home inspection. Would it would it be would it be safe for me to assume that when you buy a house, you don't get a home inspection? No. Okay, I, I, and that's fine. So, what are the things you're looking for? And they can be plumbing related, or they can even be bigger picture items. When you assess a property, what are you looking for? Uh, to know that you're not going to get in over your head or that there's not going to be a whole lot of money to spend right out of the gate? Foundation, roof, things that I don't like to do. <laughs> like roof and foundations. And I put steel up on roofs and I bring the Amish into Madison. And uh, foundations, uh, my second house I bought, I dug it out by hand, and it took me six months to dig out here uh, around the basement. Is this a home with a crawl space that you yep. transformed into a basement? Yes. Okay, and did did you, did I hear that your son Justin did you did he follow in your footsteps? Uh, yes, I think he is digging one out as we speak. <laughs> <laughs> is that a lot of competition? Well, I my basement only took six months to dig out. Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> So we talked about some of the things that you don't like to do, right? And, you know, me, I'm a homeowner, so I can do, like, basic maintenance stuff. I wouldn't say I'm any type of pro. I've done some renovations in the house. I don't mind, like, changing a light bulb or switching out a fuse, but plumbing is one of the areas where I just do not like to touch. I like to rely on experts for that. Do you find that is true of other homeowners out there that you deal with, uh, or do you see a lot of do-it-yourself work? I'm seeing less and less do-it-yourself work. You know, it's kind of like the all-around family practitioner. I think we're getting more detailed, specific, and I think people... What do you mean by detailed, specific? Um, you know, where 50 years ago, one guy did everything. Now you got to have a plumbing license, different licensing, and different tools, and you got a painter, a mutter, drywall taper painter guy there's just more specific specialized kind of like the ear nose and throat doctor the foot mm -hmm. doctor the mm -hmm. finger doctor the bone doctor you know things are getting more specific and i really what i see is i think people don't feel comfortable out of their comfort zone that's true that's huge that's very true and yeah. i think people underestimate the value of their skills no matter who they are and how they were raised So what would you say is a percentage of work that you've done that you're like, you know what? They probably could have done this themselves. Everything. Everything? Anything. Wow. <laughs> I, I, thank you. <laughs> um, I, I'm, I prefer, I'm, ha I'm happy and comfortable to do electrical work because when I turn it on or off, it either works or it doesn't. Um, I am, a, I, I want to say afraid, but I'm reluctant to do my own plumbing work because it can be incrementally wrong. There can be a leak that will go unnoticed. And that, and that for the most part, is why I lean on you. Um, and, I, and I'm learning a little bit, and I'm doing a little bit more, as I think uh, some technologies allow the homeowner to... Pipe, for instance. I, I recently bought a PEX crimper, and... Yeah, careful. I'm out of a job. <laughs> You'll never be out of a job because that's just, just one part. But, you know, I look at some of our older properties where they would have had to thread pipe on site or they, or they didn't have the ability to do so, and I would see a pipe that damn near circumnavigated the house because they only had certain lengths, and it was clear that they just did not have the ability to shorten those pipes, so they would run past it, come back at it, and zigzag their way across the basement to get to where the gas needed to be. Um, but a lot of the things we're seeing make it easier for the homeowner, but what you're telling me, and what I guess what I'm also seeing is that homeowners are, in fact, less likely, even as technology is making things easier, they're less likely to try to do it themselves. I agree. And you got to measure out how much is it going to cost to do that and how much is it going to cost you to do that if you can do something else a little quicker. And sometimes, you know, that's supply and demand. And well, op opportunity cost. Yes, yeah. right. Opportunity cost. Look at us using economics terms. I have no idea what that means. <laughs> you have to explain that to me now. 
It's an economics term. It's an e- economics term. Does that mean like if I'd rather pay you to do it than spend the time myself to do it? Correct. It's, yeah. it's the cost and, of your not having the time, I think, is for the most And what, you can do something else to save that money mm-hmm. in that project or task that you could do to save more money doing something a little quicker. You mentioned you mentioned your second house and having to dig out the basement. What was your where was your first house? My first house I bought I uh, got put online and I had an appointment to look at it. And it was a two flat with a little house in back and they canceled because the little house in back had a little fire. How little is a little fire? It was, well, the firefighters did more of the damage. It broke all the windows that spray inside, but it was a little fire. It wasn't, you know, it was uh, one stud caught on fire, but not, the firefighters did most of the damage. I I won't admit, maybe I guess I am admitting to it. I, I lit a porch on fire when I was in college. Um, I had I, I smoked. I smoked cigarettes in college, and I, and I ashed my... Cigarette out on the porch, and I went out to the tavern on a Sunday morning to have uh, Bloody Marys and prime rib. I got back to the house, and the porch was gone because because it had smoldered. A fire had started, a small fire. And you're right; the firefighters did more damage than the fire because when they arrived, they for the most part removed the whole front porch uh, with their axes and chainsaws. Yeah. Uh, Leaving, leaving just a kind of pile of rubble. Yeah. Uh, oddly enough, I did get my security deposit back on that one. <laughs> wow, that's amazing. <laughs> I think I think about that sometimes when I charge a tenant for cleaning. I think about the fact that I nearly burned down a house and got my security deposit back. Well, at least there's a little something there, Ben. <laughs> so okay, so you you made a you made an appointment to see the house. It's on they fire. Can, they called. They canceled it, and I said, "Let's go look at it anyway." And uh, and we went and looked at it anyway. And then and then you later bought that house. Where was it? I later it was over on Troy Drive, five hundred five Troy Drive, like by Mendota Hospital. Uh huh. Still standing over there. Yep. Yeah. You still you still own that house? Yes. Okay. See, I think, and I, I, we, I, there's other similarities, but I still own my first house. I think you're a bit of a collector as well. Yes, I get attached to them. <laughs> We're supposed to sell them, I think, though. Uh, <laughs> well, after the depreciation runs out, right? What do you th- What do you think that is? Why Why are you still holding on to it? What's the attachment? I don't know. It's not. I get yeah. I really like it. And I like my tenants. And no, I th- I think the, you you tapped into something pretty serious here. Everybody remembers the the first house that they moved into because they either did something to it or it was unique or it was something that caught their eye and that was their first experience with home ownership, yeah, right? Right. And I have some long term tenants there. Well, me, I ran into catfish. You get you know catfish. I know of the aquatic animal. He the lived there. No, <laughs> catfish is a person who plays blues in the bars, and I've never seen him. And I rented to him for twenty years. I rented to Donnie Bach in the Last Crack Band, and I never went to see him either. I'm sorry, Donnie. <laughs> you mentioned uh, catfish is. Uh, is a Willie Street character, kind okay. of a, a Mickey's Crystal, um, Stephen Brew, S- State Street, State Street. Stephen Brew plays the uh, they call it a dobro, right? Oh, the, sure. A yeah. metal, a, the metal, metal guitar, faced, yeah. Yeah. A reson- resonator guitar, mostly um, acoustics. Yeah, very, very, very much a, a Madison tradition. He looks um, like you, Yosemite Sam. He does, <laughs> and <laughs> he's got a very stylish mustache. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, but good, good music, and it, see, Paulie told us he 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 didn't know any of our questions because of the because he doesn't drink. But here he he l- enjoys the taverns vicariously through his tenants. <laughs> yeah, I live through their eyes. We're speaking with Jeff Pulley, Pulley Plumbing. Jeff, so we talked about what the most common thing is. Sounded like water heaters or the call you get the most. What's the craziest? plumbing situation you ever walked into in Madison? Um, somebody called that didn't have hot water. It was over on uh, Commercial Avenue. It was a single person. And uh, 
It was probably 10 years ago, so I was a little younger. And believe it or not, I moved a lot faster than I do now. <laughs> and uh, I went running down the stairs, and it was like a... It was like a... What are them pools in Jamaica that the water is so crystal clear you can't even see it? Anyway, I went uh, into two feet of water and went underwater oh. and <laughs> freaked out, <laughs> thought I was drowning, getting a... I lost it and just scrambled upstairs, and it was like two feet of water, and it obviously put out the pilot or whatever it was, and the guy didn't even go down there because his laundry was on first floor and just had no hot water, but he had like three feet of water and in he had, basement. he had no idea he that no there was idea. that deep of water in there. No, he had right. no clue. How was the swim? It was horrible. It was... <laughs> It was terrifying. I, I I don't know what happened, but I just the, it was so crystal clear. What are them pools in Jamaica? I don't know, like a mirage. I think is what you're describing that you could see right through to the bottom. Right? Yeah, it was yeah. like you couldn't even see it. I'm th- I'm thinking of the manatees in uh, in Clearwater, Florida, <laughs> or the the glass a glass bottomed boat. But I'm yeah, also yeah. I'm also thinking about the importance of uh, that. We'll talk over to about the electrician here for just a second. Could, there could have been a significant risk of, of an electrified pool of water in the basement. That's why I was I lost it. I mean, I thought of that as, believe me, it split second. I knew what that was not good. I don't know what code is for electrical panels off the height of a basement floor. I don't know. But either. there very easily could have been electrical outlets at 18 inches. Any outlet in a basement of a house is suppo- is supposed to be ground fault GFI. circuit interrupted. Yes, yes. G- yes, GFCI. But hitting that water hopefully would have tripped the breaker, and I think that's what happened. <laughs> I, I never, I did go back after it was all taken care of, but I didn't look and ask. I don't think anything else was out like a freezer or anything. Yeah, that could that could have been a that could have been a much bigger problem. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was yeah, after I was looking around and after the waves and I could see the stuff floating. <laughs> so if you had so so you, the first house you bought had 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 a recent fire. You, you seemed to be a little bit of a risk taker. Yeah. Let's imagine that that a first time buyer listing is not that kind of a risk taker. We've talked about the importance of of the inspection and and maybe even going beyond an inspection and calling different tradespeople specific to mechanical systems or issues. But if you could just lay down one piece of advice for a, a first-time home buyer, what would it be? And this can be as it relates to the house. It can be as it relates to your mindset on investing. It can be as it relates to where they should borrow the money from, what neighborhood they should buy in. Broad strokes. You being a realtor, you probably don't want to hear this, but... I would recommend what a gentleman recommended to me at a very young age. His name was Terry Voss, and he said, look at 20 of them and buy the worst one in the best neighborhood, and then every penny you put in it, you'll get back right away. So if you look at 20, <laughs> you'll, you'll know a good deal. Is that why? Is that why I, I, as a realtor, might not like to hear that? No, because I don't yeah, want. I don't want to, to show twenty. No, right. Um, you got to work a little more. I'm, ha- I'm happy to show twenty. Are you really? That's probably it's you... probably on the high end, but but because I completely agree with with what you're saying or what Terry Voss says, in that you buy the ugliest house on the prettiest block or that that metaphor, because I agree with that, I'm not going to show twenty. When you get an agent who knows what they're doing, they can look at a list of 20 and tell you which three are the shittiest ones on the best block. I mean, that's, that's part of what I do. You asked me what I would look at. You wouldn't ask me who I'd hire to go find a house for. <laughs> that's, and that's fine, because we know your wife has, <laughs> your wife has her, uh, her real estate license. That's all she has. She don't. She don't work in the field as much as you did, or you do. Right, and that's fine. But if I wanted to buy a house through a realtor, sorry, Jennifer. I mean, <laughs> you're probably one of the people I call. 
Well, well we're not I'm here sorry. to talk. I'm sorry. Just <laughs> because I work with you and I know you, I'm not, I'm not, I believe me, I would not promote you at all. Jeremy Knutson, I'd probably ask, or you, uh, somebody who's in it and Independent neighborhood too, actually. Right, and 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 this, and we're not here to press you for, um, but you you own a lot more houses than I do, and and as that, I mean, you've got so much to offer, and it's not just because you're a plumber, but you know because you're a landlord, and, and being a landlord amplifies your experience as a homeowner. You know, there's there's how if I have eleven toilets to keep an eye on. I'm going to be fixing them 11 times more often than someone with just one. It's, it's, it's simple math. And you've got, well, you're going to be a lot better at fixing the toilet than I ever would be. Um, but you've got even more than I do, and you're someone that, that makes it fun. And, uh, and someone we talked about a little bit about uh, surrounding ourselves with people smarter than us. And you talked about a home inspection and how you would reach out to trade-specific professionals to look at the furnace, to look at the electrical. That's what this is about. This is an opportunity for me to surround myself with people who are smarter than me and to share that then with people willing to sit and listen to this on their, uh, on their headset or on the way to work. You're listening to Real Estate in the 608, Madison's real estate magazine for your ears. It's time for Phil's phone-in. Phil Plored, my business partner in Deacon Housing and president of Blimling & Associates, a dairy commodities consulting firm, calls in and gives us a look beyond the 608. Today's phone-in is brought to you by the Penny Library Capital Campaign. Did you know that the Penny Library on Madison's east side is the third busiest library in the Madison system? And, at long last, it's getting a new modern home. Help give the project a lift by visiting the Madison Public Library Foundation website at mplfoundation.org and click on the Donate button. This is Phil Plord with a look at things beyond the 608. You know, interest rates have been a hot topic as the new year gets underway, and I don't think that's going to change. Say what you will about President Trump's economic bona fides, but he's not afraid to express his opinions without ambiguity. Just ask Federal Reserve Chair Jerome Powell, who's been a frequent target. The president does not think the Fed has to raise interest rates any further. Like, he really doesn't think it's necessary. And there are signs that the Fed's going to back down from its plans to ratchet rates higher in 2019. Obviously enough, that matters for home buyers and real estate markets. Over the past two years, rates have been creeping higher. Combined with rising home prices, affordability can get to be an issue. Think about this. In November, average U.S. 30-year mortgage rates peaked at 4.94%. That month, the average existing home in the U.S. sold for $257,700. With 20% down, that put payments at roughly $1,100 per month. Now, compare that with November 2016, when interest rates bottomed out near 3.5%. At that point, the average existing home in the U.S. sold for $234,400, or $850 a month on a typical loan. So in just two years, the combination of a 10% increase in home prices and a 140 basis point gain in interest rates pushed monthly payments up by 30%. Is that a problem? It depends. Generally speaking, the overall economy is in good shape with low unemployment, plenty of jobs available, rising wages, and sinking gasoline prices. That all helps. But it's been an issue in some big city markets and high tax states where high prices and different tax rules are giving buyers pause. That's it for now. We'll be back the next time with a different look beyond the 608. Want an opportunity to invest in a new home on Madison's east side? We're talking about the brand new Penny Library building rising on Cottage Grove Road. Go to the Madison Public Library Foundation website at mplfoundation.org and click on the donate button. All right, just like uh, Colombo always had one last question, this is the uh, this is one more thing. Might actually be two more things, but uh, at, at the same time, here we are. I shot you a text about a week ago because I value your opinion, and I think you're smarter than me, and I shot two texts, one to you and one to Jeremy Knutson, and I'll let you read them when we leave because you'd be shocked. We That, you know... Um, we could talk. Did, was his opinion different than mine? They were almost exact same. 
It was well, then, it was amazing. Do we I'll let you read them. This. It's amazing. This is uh, Jeff Foley is bringing up uh, a real estate related question, and you are not the only person who asked me uh, the likely impact of Epic Systems losing a six hundred and fifty million dollar contract, a federal contract, a single six hundred and fifty million dollar contract, and how that how that might. Um, might affect the real estate, the local real estate market. For the, for the VA. It seems like it would be significantly. I mean, that's kind of the, the truth of the Madison market right now, isn't but, it? That Epic is driving a lot of this? That was my question to Ben, and Ben will answer that very, very good, actually. Because you were the second person to ask, I had done a little research. Um, $650 million is a huge number. Mm-hmm. And... I did not have a good idea as to what percentage of their business a $650 million deal might be. And it turns out it's significant. Um, but just as I'd watched uh, a GoFundMe for Trump's wall uh, was, was mocked because it was in the millions of dollars when they're talking about billions of dollars needed, it was the same disparity here. A $650 million contract for a company that does $1.75 billion in annual revenue. But that's a third. That's a significant chunk. That's over five years, though. Over five years. So, so it's it comes down to even less. Twenty. Right. So we're $120 million a year. Then it, it's down to 10%. Yeah, it's not 6%. Six percent. See, he's stronger with the math. Today. Well, no, the um, other guy answered that. I'm rounding up, but anyway, you're doing you're doing good though. The answers are really similar. I was like, oh my god. So I looked at the number of employees. Then that's six thousand employees. If they have to drop any number of them based on their uh, decrease in annual revenue, it's hardly going to be a blip. It it might be a few. You know, it might help bring our market into a healthier balance. Hmm. So, okay. So let me try and sum up what you're saying here. Is that whether that change, whether that bid for Epic would happen or not, would probably not make a huge difference in the current status of the Madison market. Is that what I'm hearing? That's what I'm thinking. And evidently that's what... Pulley's other realtor friend also thinks. Oh, (laughs) I see a pattern forming. (laughs) I'm glad we agreed. What what do you do differently? If you had to say what what is Pulley Plumbing? What is Jeff Pulley? Um, this is up. You you plugged me a little bit, and your and your friend Jeff Knutson. Why should for I call plumbing Jeff? Or for I mean, I call you for all kinds of other reasons. You're a great guy to talk to, but mostly plumbing. Uh-huh. Give me the why should I call Jeff to be my plumber? Well, it's America. You don't have to, but you can. Talk to anybody and ask them their opinion. And for me, I, I've only had called people that I got a referral from. I've never ever once in my life called anybody out of a phone book or somebody I didn't know. Um, I work for you know some of my clients or you know I've worked for Tammy Baldwin. I do her plumbing. Um, and they, that they don't, let that you don't mean nothing. That don't mean nothing. You just got to, I feel, you know, to trust somebody and let them in your home and your house, around your kids, your wife, your son. Um, you got to trust them. Well, I comfortably refer you to all sorts of people. I know that you... you uh, oh, yeah, you do, Ben. I feel <laughs> like I should start sending you referral checks. Well, I, I think that would make it dirty, and, and then people wouldn't believe me anymore. Um <laughs> But now, you are not super uh, high-tech, so we're going to go ahead and put your phone number. Is that the best way for people to reach out to you? It's my cell phone, yes. Is to call you on your cell phone. Yep. I'm going to go ahead and put that information uh, adjacent the the episode link on the website. And, uh, well, you've heard, you've heard why, and, uh, and you can look at inthe608.com for how to get in touch with uh, Jeff Pulley from Pulley Plumbing. Mm. Thanks. Thanks again, Jeff. Hi. We're back with Real Estate in the 608 Madison's Real Estate Magazine for your ears. You can find us at In the 608 on Facebook as well. Ben, what was that? 
What was that? We're just about wrapping up for the day. This would be getting near the end of our first show. I feel good about it so far. That's good. That's I was great. I was pleased to uh, bring Jeff Pulley from Pulley Plumbing. Great guy. First Thought time it. I met him today and like already like him. feel already like I've like known him for years. Exactly. And uh, he was able to talk a little bit about some of uh, his own real estate experience and, and, and what uh, what a first-time homebuyer might uh, want to have in their quiver, mm-hmm. um, as well as just kind of be a fun and fun guy with some good stories. Yep. Some interesting news about Epic and how that affects the Madison market, or doesn't, actually. Sure, yeah. yeah. We talk about, you know, we'll be talking a little bit about things that are in the headlines uh, every time we sit together. And, uh, and the Epic question was one that had come up uh, a few times. A few different people emailed me. And uh, in summary, I guess everybody thinks it's, Probably the sky is not falling mm-hmm. is probably the best way to summarize that one. A man, oh man with Jeff. I'm just so happy that he's here with us today. That story about him going into the water. <laughs> I, 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 right away, I was thinking, for God's sakes, it's probably, you know, <laughs> I'm picturing a, a, an electrical cable flopping around in the big oh deep puddle gosh. of a basement. No, that's uh, his, what the. Always look before you look before, look you, before dive. you leap. Yeah, <laughs> he said it was clear water. So, all right, uh, that is going to wrap it up for this edition of uh, in the six hundred eight. Let's do some thank yous um, for folks over here. Of course, we have Jeff Pulley of Pulley Plumbing on the show. Yes, and uh, Jeff Pulley of Pulley Plumbing. We'd like to thank some of our sponsors too. We've got Lauer Realty Group, uh, my home brokerage, and and the company that I spend a good amount of my time when helping buyers and sellers. Lauer Realty Group at 2229 Atwood Avenue and online at LauerRealtyGroup.com. Lauer Realty Group, powerful results, real people. We also should thank uh, some of the folks who have been providing the music that you've been hearing today within the 608. Renclaw, local band, uh, Bob Westfall, Seesaw. Uh, I, I really Seesaw. just like their stuff. And uh, the Mad City Jug Band have all been kind enough to provide some of their music as we played along. Yep, and not only... Uh... Not only providing us with with the music, but in some cases, uh, being former clients as well. Oh, is that right? Yeah. <laughs> that's how you knew him? <laughs> Realtor to the stars. Uh, that's Ben Anton right there. Well, uh, for Ben Anton, again, uh, I am Adam Elliott, and this has been Real Estate in the 608, Madison's real estate magazine for your ears. Come on, baby, won't you buy me flowers with that money spent on whiskey sours that you're buying at those wasted hours? And come on, baby, won't you talk me sweet? Instead, I'm staring at this empty seat because you got someone else you'd rather be. And we could be. Singing you this waiting song